0: Hello Texans and welcome to the program that gets you inside the building here in the Hyundai Texans radio studio across from the locker room. It's Texans all access and I'm Mark Vandermeer your host for tonight. Yes, the general is coming up John McClain from the Houston Chronicle and John Harris as well on the program tonight. So we will have some fun. It is bye week. No game for the Texans this weekend. One week from Sunday, they'll take out the Baltimore Ravens in a noon kickoff. No flex. We've gone over this before, but I'm just reminding you because that question keeps coming up to me. Why don't they showcase this game to the nation? It's not as easy as it sounds. And remember, the Texans are on a short week right after that game as they'll take on the Colts two weeks from tonight. My goodness, it's going to fly by. So enjoy this weekend, enjoy the other games, and then get ready for more Texans action next week. And we're still in action. We've got the show tonight, the show tomorrow. We have TV this weekend. And if you haven't seen this stuff, do it. On ABC 13, after the news, which is after the college game, check out Texans Extra Points. Johnny and Deepy will be at it this week. Check out Texans Buzz after that. It's a Texans block, the Texans Power Hour, as Drew Doherty calls it. It's every Saturday night on ABC 13, right after the news. We're all over the place on Fox, Fox Sports Southwest as well. So you want to check us out there and wherever else you can find us, HoustonTexans.com, the Texans app, all of it. Go check it out. we got tons of great content. Man, the Relive It video from the London experience was really fun because you see Texans fans from Italy, Germany, all over Europe, all over the world, really, going into the game and enjoying the Texans beating up on Jacksonville. Did I just say that? Yeah, I guess I did. 26-3 to 3 was the final. Anyway, let's get to the general now. John McClain, our buddy from the Houston Chronicle. And, General, welcome in. And tell me first, give me a little – general state of the union address on the houston texans after nine games in 2019
1: the best thing about their situation right now mark is despite winning two games in a row they've still in injuries especially in the secondary they've seemed to have weathered that storm it's amazing when you think about it they've won three of four despite all those injuries in the secondary despite injuries at offensive tackle they've sidelined laramie tonsil as well as titus howard and so they're six and three, and in first place, and they should get back most of, if not all, the injured players for this next three game stretch after the bye week. And I believe this stretch is going to tell us just how good the Texans are at Baltimore, national TV Thursday night, Indianapolis, national TV Sunday night against New England. If they somehow could win two of those three games, going into that last stretch drive against. Denver, Tennessee, Tampa, and Tennessee, they're in good shape.
0: John, the running game with Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson. Here they are, top five rushing attack, and you really have to give them credit for these acquisitions with Johnson getting traded for during camp and Hyde right before the start of the season. These guys are working out pretty well so far.
1: 216 yards against the Jaguars, who have a really good defense. You know, they're fifth and rushing right now. You know, the general manager's done a good job with those trades, bringing in Carlos Hyde for Mant- Martinez Rankin and then Duke Johnson for what one more game will be a third round pick. And if it's, if they get a compensatory fit pick for Tyron Matthew or Kareem Jackson, that goes to Cleveland and they keep their regular uh, third round pick. So uh, those were great trades. The fact they're fifth and rushing shows not only how Hyde he's having a career year, he's on a pace for over thirteen hundred yards, which would shatter his career high. And then Duke Johnson's averaging ten point four yards a catch, which is more than DeAndre Hopkins and more than he's ever averaged in his career. So that them as runners and Johnson as a receiver could not have worked out better than for general manager Bill O'Brien making those trades for Coach Bill O'Brien.
0: Well, since we're talking acquisitions, I think Darren Fells has to be maybe the brightest one, really, considering what you brought him in for, which was probably a potential blocking tight end to help out there. Yet here he is having a near-record-setting season as far as the tight end position goes for the Houston Texans. I know we have a long way to go, but he's on pace to do some pretty amazing things here.
1: Yeah, you love to bring up Darren Fells since mm-hmm. you thought he was going to make the team, and I did not. And I've got a big, fat fried egg on my face because he's been great in the locker room, great in practice. You know, he's 33. He's having his best season after Cleveland cut it. He signed a one-year deal. A lot of the guys playing really well, like him, Carlos Hyde, they're on one-year deals. And Fells is such a huge target in the red zone and when they get close to the end zone and on third down. You know, he and Deshaun Watson have a great on-field rapport. Bill O'Brien's done a good job, creative job, of of helping Watson get the ball to him. And uh, Jordan Aikens has done really well. They haven't even needed Jordan Thomas, who had the only, who had all four touchdowns by the tight end last year. And it's not just the fact that Fells has six, the title of Daniel's career record, is that they have eight from that position. Who would have thought it? They've never gotten that kind of touchdown productivity out of the tight end since Bill O'Brien's been here.
0: Yeah, that's pretty amazing stuff. All right, more on the acquisition thing, because we talk about draft choice, Lonnie Johnson. We talk about Bradley Roby getting acquired. When those two guys get back health-wise, John, if everybody's healthy in the secondary, they might have a luxury problem back there, because it's going to be interesting who they play a corner with everybody available, and we can only hope that happens.
1: I can't wait to see the game plan Romeo Cornell comes up for with Lamar Jackson. And the most creative I've seen was the Chargers last year in the playoffs when they played. I think it was seven defensive backs to take advantage of his rushing. And I was thinking, if everybody comes back, you would have Johnson Joseph, Bradley Roby, Lonnie Johnson Jr., and Gary Conley as your top four corners with Justin Reed, Sean Gibson, and Jill Dye as your top three safeties. That's seven defensive backs. That was pretty deep secondary, not to mention – those guys have played well. You know, Conley, a friend of mine covers Raiders, said, yeah, I see you talking about how well he's playing. That's just because they came up three. They want to make him look good. I said, i tell you what's making him look good is he's had two big strips at the end of the last two games to help them win. I can't imagine Anthony Midget's secondary coach has been very overlooked in the job he's done coaching all these DPs, and Cornell having that kind of talent and depth to go down over the last – over the last uh, seven games, and I I think that would be such a luxury considering how how devastated they've been at uh, secondary. I think the starters missed eight games, and they left five others early.
0: John, not that this is the most important thing in the world, but we keep saying DJ Reader's having a Pro Bowl campaign. Can he make the Pro Bowl? What's it going to take to actually make that bid happen for D.J. Reader? Obviously, you don't want to go to the Pro Bowl. You'd rather go to the Super Bowl, but you get what I'm saying here. You want the nod.
1: Mark, you know how tough it is for a 3-4 nose tackle to get noticed because they tie blockers to try to help those inside linebackers make tackles, which D.J. does. He's also great against the run. It would help if he got a couple of more couple of three sacks and the fact that uh, Watt is out and he's playing more in passing situation that would bode well to do that and also with these nationally televised games coming up against India and New England for him to make big plays they strip the ball on a run or a pass play and just get his name mentioned where people can see what we see game in and game out and that's how much he means to the defense and my awards there on Texas Sports Nation, that uh, in my report card at the break, uh, it was hard picking a defensive player of the year. could have been Watt. He's only missed one game. Merciless, it leads them in a lot of categories. And it was hard not to pick D.J. Reader. I picked Merciless. But D.J. is having the kind of season that if you don't follow the team closely, you wouldn't know, but the coaches just can't say enough good things about it.
0: John, when you look at what this team has done, 6-3, and three, Bill O'Brien and his staff are not popping the champagne corks, but they know that they're off to a good start here. However, it's self-scout time. It's time to reload, recharge, re-whatever. What are they working on, you think? What do they need to do better as they embark on the final seven games?
1: How about pre-snap penalties? and just penalties overall. You know, last year they were one of the least penalized teams. This year they've been one of the most, and it seems like the pre-snap penalties are hurting them. And Laramie Tunsell, he had pre-snap issues in Miami, and he has them here, and I know why. He's trying to get jumps on pass rushers. And it works most of the time, but he's good for a couple of games. And, you know, Zach Fulton hadn't had a penalty, and then he had two in London. And so they got to get those guys uh, to where they are disciplined and they don't jump. And uh, if they can reduce those, they quit putting themselves in a hole. You know, over the last five games, Watson's only been sacked seven times. A lot of that has to do with him, of course. But with Howard and Tunsil back after the bye, plus you got your guards healthy, and then and. Uh, nick martin's having his best season i think the offensive line is going to be really good because it'll be one of the few times they've actually started that five has started games so you can't say the pass protection or the run blocking or the receiving i guess in the secondary not giving up you know as many touchdown passes or completions but the fact is they got a reason for that which is injury so i would say If you could put pressure on the quarterback every week like they did against the Jaguars, but also reduce the penalties, especially on pre-snap.
0: John, you've seen all the quarterbacks who have played in this town, Pastorini, Stabler, Warren Moon. When people out of town have you on their show and they ask you, tell me about Deshaun Watson. What are you seeing in Deshaun Watson? What do you tell them?
1: I tell them that everything you see is what you get with him. There's, he's nothing phony about him. He's got charisma. He's a great kid. He's a leader. He's dynamic. He is so selfless. He's he's, he's such an unselfish player. And I see all these guys with ego maniacs. I see like Baker Mayfield. And I think, man, how would I like to deal with him all the time? Like I do Watson. And of course Every game, you can't take your eyes off of him. I told him, Mark, you might add a couple years on my career just how much it is, how much fun it is to watch him and to cover him, because we're always expecting something spectacular. And uh, he looks, he plays like the, the point guard with eyes in the back of his head who makes passes, and you go, how in the world did he do that? How did he see that? And. Um, and and the more he plays, the more he does it. And I know you believe it, and so that everybody at the Texans. As long as he's on the field, they have a chance to beat anybody anywhere, and as long as he has the ball in his hands, they're never out of a game. That stat of now three seasons, he albeit seven games as a rookie, six starts, he's never lost a game of more than one
0: score. You know, John, it's funny because here's the team six and three. There were six and three last year. They were 6-3 and in 2016 after beating Jacksonville on the road, but Brock Osweiler threw for, what, about 100 yards, not even in that game, and everybody was kind of down after a 6-3 and start that year. But the best start after nine games in Texans history was 8-1 and in 2012. So I'm going to ask you this. That team in 2012 versus this team, your expectations about this time of season for that squad versus this squad, what do you think?
1: Matt Schaub was playing very well then. He and Andre Johnson were an awesome one-two punch, but Schaub is not Watson. He didn't pull rabbits out of a hat. He had a great running game with Arian Foster, and they have you know neither one of these guys, Hyder Johnsons Arian Foster, but together they're doing a pretty good impersonation. Think about it, 4.7 and 5.3 average per carry. The team is averaging five yards of carry. Mark, when have we seen that? When we seen a running back have two runs of, what was it, 48, 55 yards behind, something like that, and seeing him do that. And uh, so the running game is really good. That offensive line was the best one they've ever had. And I think that, that defense was better overall. And, you know, they had Watt. They don't have Watt now, and that's a huge blow to this defense. So that team also blew it down a stretch. Uh, this team with this schedule over the last four games, if they're in position to do what that team was, which is to get home field advantage, or even the first first round buying team history, I do not see them blowing it.
2: There's
0: John McClain. And the opening segment with the general is always one gigantic hot read presented by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. 1-800-947-AUTO for more information on that. More with the general. We'll go over the games this weekend that affect the Houston Texans and then some. It's Texans radio. It's Texans Radio, and the General John McClain stays with us as we take a look at some of the action around the league without the Houston Texans involved this week. And it's very weird. John, how do you spend the bye? What do you do with the bye weekend?
1: Uh, First of all, the bye weekend on Saturday, Saturday morning, 11 a.m., the unbeaten, nationally ranked, Big 12-leading Fighting Baylor Bears are playing at TCU which worries me, and then the next two are in Waco against Oklahoma and Texas before they finish at Kansas. So I'll be watching Baylor on Saturday morning, which I would be whether Texas play or not. And then I watch NFL games on Sunday, specifically Indianapolis and Miami and Tennessee, because the ones keep up with those teams jaguars of course on a bye week like the texans so i people all say oh man you get you get to take off this week i said no we're still right i just don't go to to, uh energy stadium like i do in a regular week and i'm excited to get back that game next week i know you're pumped we're all pumped to watch Lamar Jackson versus Deshaun Watson and as Watson told us on Tuesday, it's not me versus him, but I understand the hype. Well, it's going to be hyped. And the winner is going to ease past the other one in the MVP conversation. Everybody says Russell Wilson's won. Right behind are Jackson, Watson, and Christian McCaffrey. At some point, I think Jimmy is going to have to be mentioned, especially if they win Monday night over Seattle. But uh, the winner of this game against Baltimore, people are going to start putting number two in the MVP race with Wilson. if Wilson loses to the 49ers, the winner of that game might be number one. And I can't wait for that trip to Baltimore.
0: It didn't help Aaron Rodgers to lose to the Chargers. But if he picks up the pace, he'll host the Panthers this weekend. He and the Packers will Uh, that could really help him jump back into the near top of those standings. All right, so what about this one with the Chargers at the Raiders? I just mentioned the Chargers, and they had that win over Green Bay recently. But the Chargers and the story about them possibly going to London, which was shot down vehemently, what do you make of the story and what do you make of the Chargers playing the Raiders in the Thursday nighter?
1: The guy that wrote it's a long time charger writer, and I'm sure he heard that from somebody, but there's no way that's happening there's no way the Texans are moving to the AFC West and uh, nobody from the Texans heard anything about it before the story and you know you can talk about a lot of things and uh i it's it's strange the way the chargers tend to Start slow and put it together. Now, they changed offensive coordinators, fired Ken Wisnett. They ran the ball more. They won. But the Raiders right now are hot. They're playing at home. Um, I want to pick the Chargers, but I can't. I'm going with the Raiders. Texans have beat both of these teams. If they were to end up in a tiebreaker with them, they would have that tiebreaker advantage. And I think it's going to be very exciting. So um, I would have taken the Chargers in the bandbox, but even though they're Playing in uh, So they're playing in Oakland. I'm going with the Raiders.
0: Will we see a team in London in our, not lifetime necessarily, but in the next 10 years, a team in London, yes or no? Uh,
1: as you know from going over there, it, it is a logistical nightmare. And one of the things about it, how do you have tryouts? Players come on teams' tryouts all the time. Mm. What if the last game of the season, the Texans are playing the Raiders in Oakland, and the winner goes to London for the wild card game? Wow. And so they're playing on Sunday at 3:15 Houston time and that game's over. They got to come back to Houston and get a plane big enough to get them to London. And also uh it it makes no sense and and would free agents want to go over there and play pay the high tax? not to mention the traffic and the gas, the petrol prices, which are 10 times worse than ours. It will hurt them on free agency. So I think they'll go there eventually, Mark, when the original intention was. Everybody thought by now every plane would be a Concorde and we would be taking three-hour flights to London. Until they get to where you can get there and back quicker, there will not be a team there.
0: See, I think whoever the team is, the league would have to help them out and there there would be one jet that does all the London travel for the home team and the road teams. So you have the fast jet to get everybody over there quickly, but you're right, there are a whole bunch of other problems. What do you do about all
1: problems. those players going to be coming for tryouts every Tuesday? You have, you're, you're in San Diego at San Diego mm-hmm. State, and your agent says, hey, do you want to <laughs> go to London to try out on Tuesday? I think you're not going.
0: I think you have an office for that team in the States, and that's how you do business. You have to have a Which scouting department here. would be a
1: terrible here. disadvantage to the team in London. No team wants to go to London, mm-hmm. no matter how much money they tell them they're going to make because they're making so many millions here. I do not see it anytime soon.
0: You know what I see, though? If they go to 17 games, you have eight games in London instead of four. So you have a full season of games over there. That's
1: what they're going to do. They're also going to play in Canada. Mm -hmm. and uh, they're going to play at some neutral sites like college stadiums, maybe get to go back to uh, L.A. or uh, back to San Diego or Oakland for a game.
0: So you think 17 games is all but a foregone conclusion?
1: All but a foregone conclusion, Mark.
0: Wow. All right. Ravens at the Bengals. We were just talking about the Ravens. I guess we don't need to talk about this one. They're likely to win. Yeah, I know. Really, not much to say about that. The Chiefs at the Titans, do I need to say anything about that?
1: You know, they should have gone 2-0 and with Matt Moore. Matt Moore was coaching high school football. What a great job by him. What a great job by Andy Reid getting him ready. You know, they're hanging in. I hear everybody talking about the Holmes comes back. They're the best team to overthrow the Patriots. I'm thinking the Ravens just beat them, and the Texans still have to play them. How can you rule them out?
0: Yeah, really. And the Colts have the Dolphins. Really? They have the Dolphins. This is just so good for the Texans. And by good, I mean not so much.
1: If I'm them, I do not play Jacoby Brissett in that game. I go with Brian Hoyer. He threw three touchdown passes in the loss at Pittsburgh. and a pick six, but I do not risk him out there with MCL when he's got the Texans coming up uh, two weeks later. There's just no need for them to do that. Steel. So the Texans are going to be tied coming out of the bye week with the calls for first place with six and three records.
0: So the Steelers get the win last week, but it was because of a missed field goal. Now they have the Rams. You optimistic at all about Pittsburgh at home in this one? I'm always
1: optimistic when they play at home. I never pick them to lose. And if Roethlisberger was there, we'd be talking about a different team. It was, I wouldn't be surprised if they won the game. It's not like the Rams of last season. They're 5-3. and three. They're third place in their division. And so I'm. I'm a... I, may end up, uh, I I think I'm going with the
0: Rams. Okay, yeah, I think it's a good idea. The Vikings at the Cowboys, and man, the Vikings had a good chance to beat the Chiefs. They couldn't do it, and that was a win you wanted to see them get as a Texans fan, but didn't happen. But now they go to Dallas, and we'll see how good Dallas really is, and maybe we'll see how good the Vikings really are. This is actually a pretty good one on Sunday night.
1: It is a good one, and the problem is the Cowboys, it was too close against the Giants for a while before they blew it open at the end. Kirk Cousins plays better at home. Uh, they played well enough to win that game in Kansas City. Their defense couldn't stop Matt Moore. So I, I think the Cowboys are going to win. You know, They're going to win that division over Philadelphia, and, but it's going to be fun to watch.
0: Panthers at the Packers, Cam Newton on IR. Does he get cut in the offseason? What do they do about him? And does that depend on how well Kyle Allen plays down the stretch, I would imagine?
1: Mark, I believe that Cam Newton, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, and Andy Dalton, four core starting quarterbacks for at least five years, will all be on the market next year. Mm. Kyle Allen be the quarterback, and they'll find another backup and Allen's 5-1 and one right now, and maybe he collapses down a stretch. But the fact is, Newton's been injured much more than just his foot injury that's keeping him out this season. Shoulder surgery, he hadn't thrown the ball right in a couple of years. I think he's going to be one of those guys that hopefully he'll be 100% and be able to bounce back, but I don't see anybody giving him a long-term contract, maybe two years, but he's going to be looking for a job just like those others.
0: John, when I see the Bills playing the Browns in Cleveland, I'm thinking Don Crickey and Bob Trumpy. I'm thinking Joe Ferguson and Brian Sipe. Don Crickey and Bob Trumpy here, and the Browns take on the Bills. So what do you think with the 2019 version of this one? Can the Browns get it done this week? I think it's a possibility at home against Buffalo.
1: They have the talent to do it. Freddie Kitchens is in way over his head. He's going to be one and done. Baker Mayfield spends way too much time worrying about the media, taking shots at the media, not answering their questions. But they just have so much talent. You know, I'd like to be the next coach. Comes in there next year with all that talent. What? But Bills are six and two. They they can't beat good teams. Philadelphia pounded them at home when they played a good team. Browns are not a good team, but they are at home. I think I'm going to go with Cleveland. Buff, they, The Texans need Cleveland to win this game. They don't want Buffalo finishing ahead of them mm. or even tied with them because they don't play the Bills. I'll tell you an interesting stat. The Ravens are averaging 204 yards a game rushing. You don't see that much anymore. The all-time record for yards was 78 Patriots. That's the first year of the 16-game schedule. The all-time record for average yards was uh, O.J. Simpson-led Bills in 1973. They averaged 220 yards a game when he set the NFL record with 2,003 in 14 games.
0: So that's the kind of...
1: That's the kind of team Buffalo used to have. That's the kind of team the Texans is going to face when they come off this byway.
0: Wow. All right, one more for you. Seahawks at the 49ers with Garoppolo and Russell Wilson going at it. It
1: was amazing to me. Seattle was looking ahead to this
0: game, I guess, because how, how else can you explain
1: them falling behind at home to Tampa Bay Then Russell Wilson throwing five touchdown passes? Uh, I just can't believe the 49ers are going to continue to be uh, the last unbeaten team. So I'm going to take Wilson and the Seahawks to win this game, to pull within one game, because if the 49ers win, they're going to have a three-game lead in NSC West with six games left.
0: John, what do you have going out of the Chronicle?
1: I have on Texas Sports Nation and being in the Chronicle on Thursday, my report card at the break, my awards for individual players. Sunday, I have a column about just how good are the Texans, and how good can they be over the last six games? Mark, thank you very much as always.
0: There's the general. Hey, if the Texans score two or more touchdowns, and they've been doing that a lot lately, head to your closest Jack in the Box the next day for your free Texans Jumbo Jack with a large drink purchase. Coming up, John Harris and I play more likely to happen. We got some Deshaun Watson stuff, got some Rockets and Astro stuff in there as well. How do we do that? Find out. It's coming up on Texans Radio. Keeping you company, it's Texans Radio from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio on the bye week Thursday night with the big game tonight, the Chargers at the Raiders. I'm going to be watching that. and I know my buddy John Harris will probably watch it too, right? Uh,
2: it's football, yes. I will be watching. We are okay. back in the States, so mm-hmm. it is more readily available to watch. <laughs> That's a big thing. The NFL. Yes. Uh, which, uh, yeah, so I'll definitely. I am I'm, I'm, always like watching the teams that we've played. Yeah. And seeing how they fare. And the Chargers have gotten back to 4-5. and five. Mm-hmm. The Raiders are 4-4. Four and four. Right, So two pretty solid teams in the AFC West. It's a big which, game for them, for each of them. Which, by the way, those two teams in the AFC West, the Texans are 3-0 against the AFC West right now.
0: With Denver to go. So mm-hmm. it's a possibility. It's a possibility. But that, that's
2: a ways off. We're not going to worry about that. Nope. But uh, Chargers-Raiders tonight uh, should be a fun watch. All right, you ready to play more likely to happen? Of course. All right, let's go. More likely to happen. All
0: right, so more likely to happen. Deshaun Watson hits 32 touchdown passes on the season, or Carlos Hyde gets 1,200 rushing yards. Ooh. So I will give you some of the information here as soon as I find it, as the Houston Texans have 18 touchdown passes so far, right? So, I mean, that's, that's pretty good, right? Roughly two a game.
2: Not roughly, it is two a game. Uh, On average, Mm -hmm. he's had obviously days where he didn't have any or he had one and others where he's had four or five. So I think... Hyde has 704 yards, by the way. I think he's getting to 1,200. I think he's getting to 1,200. Now, the one thing that did happen last year mm -hmm. that I hope doesn't happen this year is the run game went into hibernation the last two or three weeks of last year's regular season.
0: I think they're running it better than they did last year. I think so, too.
2: I, I agree. I just hope it doesn't go into hibernation. I have a feeling what's not going to hibernation is Deshaun Watson's ability. If he, and when he gets Will Fuller back to have right. Fuller stills, Hopkins, mm. the tight ends, running backs, Yeah, I think he's getting to 32 touchdowns. I do think El Guapo is going to get to 1,100, 1,200 yards. And think about that for a second. A guy that was essentially cast off a kid, he wasn't going to make it Kansas yeah. City. And Martinez Rankin was certainly not making the roster here. Rankin was I mean they traded Rankin wasn't making a roster for Carlos Hyde he's gonna come in and give you over a thousand yards yeah knock on wood if he stays healthy it's a the more I think about it it's kind of a tougher question but I just think Deshaun's getting a 32. It's funny because Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde are kind of the talk of the
0: town this week yeah with all that's been going on with this team those guys are really stealing a lot of headlines after Hyde runs wild against Jacksonville and yep. Johnson continues to score touchdowns and make plays for the yep. squad and Johnson saying, it all worked out for Cleveland. They got Chubb. He's a great back and everything, and you know, good for them. Well, so gracious. I, working out for Cleveland, I mean, you could define that a variety of ways. They have yeah. the Bills this week, by the way, and I joked with McLean. I did my Don Cricky, Bob Trumpy imitation mm-hmm. because it reminded me of Brian Seip and Joe Ferguson, and I can't help myself. <laughs> all right. Ne- all right, so but you think which is more likely? More likely is Deshaun getting to 32. Okay, thank you. And the next.
2: More likely to happen
0: When the Texans do play the Ravens, we'll do more of this next week, Ravens 200 rushing yards or Texans 350 passing yards. Wow. Now, I'll go there because these two teams, Johnny, and it's funny because Drew and I were debating with DP last night saying, look, you can understand Sunday Night Football wanting the Bears and the Rams on that night because it's markets two and three in the country and they're huge and all of that. And it wouldn't have been fair to the Texans to have them play a primetime game on the road that far from home and then play a Thursday nighter. But, look, you're not going to get the Ravens and Texans in primetime. It's a huge matchup, though, because these two teams, never mind Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson, against the run, they are both elite defensive teams. Second and third in the league. Now, the Ravens do run for a lot of yards, as you know. They average 222 on the ground. Oh. So do, they, do they hit 200? And as far as the Texans go, they pass for, what is it, 265 a mm-hmm. game, something like that. And you got the feeling that they're going to have to throw it on Baltimore a bit, and Watson's going to have to make some plays to the air. Of course, they'll have to make some plays to the air, but I'm saying that 300 is a likely possibility or maybe a likelihood
2: if they're going to pull out a win. What do you think? I just don't. The, my my worry is to get to that 200 number, you know, one of those – I mean, like last week, Mark Ingram popped a run. Mm-hmm. They were doing all kinds of different stuff to the Patriots, and then he just ran a outside zone, and he yeah. cut it back, had a seam, and phew, he ran for like 50, 60 yards. Well, that adds to the
0: total. Yeah, that. Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: all of a sudden, now you're talking, can they get to 140, 130, 130 yeah. 140 yards? Yeah, they definitely could do that. I – man, I just don't think – you know, right before I tell you, I don't think teams can run for two hundred. I remember the playoff game; the Colts ran for two hundred. Yeah, but I think Deshaun in a big time game, I would trust him to get the three bills throwing. Okay, if he's got to do it, I said three fifty just 350. to make it interesting. Three fifty is a lot. Man. Yeah, I know. See, it makes a it a little more 200's tough. A lot too. That's why I'm I still the bulk. going. I'm going with Deshaun with three fifty. I'm All going. Right. That, that might be a little bit more heart than head, but I just feel like this Texans defense. With a bye week to get ready for them, we'll have something for the run game. They're going to run for yards. Don't Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. They'll run for yards Mm -hmm. for a a significant number. I just don't think they'll get to 200.
0: I think both teams find their rushing yards in interesting ways. The Texans have Watson, which changes the way defenses think, and Mm -hmm. the backs can exploit that. With the Ravens, Jackson himself can exploit it. And obviously Watson can too, but the Texans don't want to use Watson the way the Ravens use Jackson in the run game. Watson is used very sparingly in the run game, and he can make plays, but he's being very careful with himself. Jackson, for his sake, I kind of fear the way they're using him. I know he does protect himself, but he also takes some chances, and we'll see how it goes.
2: Here's kind of my analogy in some Mm. sense to compare the run games. The Ravens using Lamar Jackson is like having breakfast for dinner. Like the Texans have Watson, that's breakfast yeah. because it's a good meal to start off with. Yeah. A hard, but you don't have breakfast for dinner, right? Your breakfast, you have lunch, lunch and dinner are Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson, and you don't want to have breakfast for dinner too often, right? Right, mm-hmm. but you can, and it can be delectable. It is a treat. It is a treat, and that's what you can but have. But if you do it March every action. day,
0: you're going to gain 400 pounds. Exactly. Okay, it's not good. next.
2: More likely to happen.
0: More likely to happen this weekend. The Titans defeat the Chiefs. They're playing at home. Uh-huh. Or the Dolphins cover against the Colts. I couldn't say the Dolphins defeat the Colts. <laughs> or the Colts defeat the Dolphins. Uh, or maybe the Colts cover against the Dolphins. No, that's probably likely to happen. I'm going to say the Dolphins pull off the um upset if you will and cover or get within seven the line is 10 in well, that 10 one.
2: i i would tell you that the dolphins could get inside that 10 but i'm gonna give the titans a shot the titans playing at home last year beat the defending super bowl champs mm-hmm. then they beat the team that was going to be the super bowl champs right they beat us they play extremely well at home for some reason
0: yeah good point
2: point. And, and it's inex- it, inexplicable at times I would say more likely to happen is Titans beating the Chiefs. Okay, I got one more. More likely to happen. And this involves three Houston professional sports franchises.
0: I did not include the Dynamo. Okay. More likely to happen. Okay. Rockets get to 58 wins. The Astros next year eclipse 103 wins. Or the Texans get to 12 wins this year. So Texans 12, Rockets 58, Astros 103. Which one of these is more likely to happen? In this case, most likely to happen. Well, the Texans to get the twelve wins can only lose one more time. Can only lose one more.
2: Jeez. Well, I've said
0: all along. I, I mean, f- all this work you've done, and to get to twelve and four you can only lose one more time, it hardly seems fair. But fair. you
2: you get the Titans twice, and I you know how I feel about the Titans this year. You get the Titans twice, the Bucks and the Broncos the last four games. Yeah. So you should be able to win those games. Too. Oh
0: should you just I said it
2: I said you should be yeah. able to win those mm-hmm. So what I'm doing is I'm narrowing down can you uh-huh. get the 12 well what that means is you got to win two of three two of three of Baltimore Indy New England Can you win two of three You know what would be bizarre
0: if they beat the Ravens and the Patriots but don't beat the Colts oh, Actually it might not be bizarre because that's so Coltsian mm-hmm. of this situation, yeah. this series all time between the Texans and Indianapolis.
2: Nothing would surprise me. I guess nothing, nothing should would surprise you. Me. Nothing would surprise me at all on that in I don't that want situation. to see a
0: 2016 right here, though, and you know what that is. Six and three, and you lose three in a no, row. You're no, six and six, and then you've no, got to no. finish strong somehow and win the division. I don't know if uh, you can do that if you do lose these next three. Look, I don't want to talk about no, – This this is a good team right here. They play their game. They should be able to – you know, hold their own in these games, and maybe two and one is is out there for them. Maybe better.
2: I, I the Astros have won 103 games, at least 103 games the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But if they're not able to bring Garrett Cole back, yeah. I don't know about that. And the
0: Rockets, I don't know either. Look, they started off slow last year, got it going, yeah. But 58
2: in the in this West is a lot. That's why I put the number up high. I'm more apt. If I were to put those in order, I would probably say Astros get back to 103 wins, just because that's that's the, who they that's are. Kind right of now. the norm. Yeah. Then I would say Texans to 12 wins and the Rockets to 58. That's okay. that's the order I would put it in. So most likely to happen, I would say Astros. But then followed up by Texans 12 wins and the Rockets fifteen. See, this is this is
0: why you probably did well in your SATs, right? Did you? Yeah, of course you did. You went to Brown.
2: My math SAT, yeah. Well,
0: you eliminate one, and then you right. go to the other two, and you know how to do this stuff. You know what I did during SATs? Got bored. <laughs> I mean, I probably, because I have ADD, whatever. I don't know if I clinically do, but I'm sure I do. Yeah. So... After, I think I did well. If you could probably just take the first hour of right. the SATs, it's a three-hour test. I probably did really Crushed well it. in that hour. And then the next two hours, oh, his mind is definitely wandering here. He's, <laughs> he's out of here, you know? <laughs> he's
2: answered B yeah. <laughs> eight times in a
0: row. I got bored. <laughs> that, I got bored. You it know, happens. When I was a little kid, like, uh, in elementary school, when you uh-huh. took the standardized tests, yeah. they told us that they didn't count. So I didn't care at all. Yeah. I didn't even read the questions. Practice. I was just like, nah, nah, color in the dots. They, yeah. they don't count. Right. They told me they don't count. I didn't Which know is they true. Could, they they probably, don't, probably thought I needed some special help.
2: They don't <laughs> count. They don't But they ca- do. I know. That's the thing. They tell you they don't count. But then meanwhile, the school's looking at them going, hmm, that, such and such has learning disabilities now I know why or my, learning yeah. problems or now whatever.
0: I, now I know why my mother took me to have an IQ test.
2: Well, you <laughs> got to have to make sure. Yes, some defense mechanism when they say, well, look, we think there's something wrong with yeah. little Mark. And you're like, no, no, he had an IQ test. Yeah, she's- it says right here he's pretty smart. Then she- again, the teachers would be like, oh, man, trust me. I had plenty of students that were like that, that were like, really, guys, it's a 45-minute test. Just lock in for 45 minutes. Couldn't do it. But give an IQ test, and they were off the charts. How long is a TED Talk? 18 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the SAT
0: should be, 18 minutes. 18 minutes. I mean, I like if it. you can't get it done in 18 minutes, come on. You can tell how smart I am in 18 minutes. I like the fact you based it on a TED Talk. Yes, or a wonder lick. How long does it take to? 12 minutes. 12 Th- minute there it lick. is.
2: Just have everybody minutes.
0: take a, a school wonder lick, and we're good to go. I like it. All I right. like your thought. Thanks a lot, Johnny. You got it. All right, before we get to Houston Methodist Minutes, this is something I wanted to bring your attention to. You've been hearing about this, Brothers in Arms with... My good, close, personal friend, Andre Ware, of course, Deshaun Watson, quarterback for your houston Texans, Vince Young, the UT and Tennessee Titans star, and Warren Moon, formerly of the Oilers, of course, and now Seattle Seahawks, radio color commentator. These guys are banding together for brothers in arms. They were raised by single women, single moms who stressed and emphasized education And Andre always makes a big deal about this, how his mom demanded that he got his degree. Of course, he did do that. But these four guys are teaming up because they want to help others get a great education. And the first class of diversity scholarships will be awarded at the 2020 Houston Sports Awards presented by Insperity. And this is in conjunction with the Sports Authority Foundation. This is really cool stuff. That's going to be January 21st at the Hilton Americas. So it's going to be a special night. And to apply to apply for scholarship information, to get your application, and go to brothersinarmhouston.com. The deadline is December 1st. Find out more information there. I'll have Patty Smith on in the coming weeks to talk about this before the deadline arrives so you can get some more information. It's really cool stuff, brothersinarmhouston.com. All right, Houston Methodist Minutes. Now, MCLs are in the news. Jacoby Brissett suffered from one. You've heard about these from time to time. Let's get the lowdown with Dr. David Braunwriter of Houston Methodist. Doctor, how's it going? How are you doing? I am well. How are you today, Mark? Uh, doing very well, and MCLs is the topic. So we hear about ACLs, but the MCL injury, doctor, what happens here? Because we hear about these sprains, and it seems to be such a variety of recovery times involved with this.
3: Yeah, it's a sprain of a ligament that holds the knee together on the inner half of the knee, the inside half. It's usually caused by a blow to the outside of the knee with a foot planted to the ground. And it can be as severe as a complete tear across of it, which is called a grade 3 sprain, a, a partial or grade 2 tear, or just a small stretch, which is a grade 1 sprain.
0: All right, now the symptoms of an MCL injury versus ACL problems or other knee problems. What are we dealing with here, Dr.?
3: It's a very localized pain on the inner side of the knee. Um, It may be swollen there locally, but the whole knee itself usually doesn't swell. And it's going to be um, somewhat stiff because that ligament helps with basically protecting the hinge of the knee from buckling inward. Um, If it's torn more significantly, that might be a sense of instability, but usually it's going to be swelling and very painful. It's got a lot of nerves in it.
0: For the weekend warrior, if it's just a little bit torn and sore, can you function with that? Will it get worse? Can it heal from there? What are we dealing with in that case?
3: Well, the the grade one, the one's a little stretch without an actual tear to it, that can be better within, say, even a week or so. And, and it's not dangerous to, to uh, participate in activities with a grade one sprain. If you have a grade two sprain, you might need to wait longer, say, you know, three to four or two to four weeks, actually. It depends on... How, how torn the ligament is and how much stability that you have. Um, it's not as dangerous as an ACL, for sure.
0: All right, doctor. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Dr. David Braunreiter of Houston Methodist, the official health care provider of the Houston Texans. For more information about Houston Methodist or to find a physician, visit HoustonMethodist.org. Houston Methodist, leading medicine. Well, it was good for me. I hope it was good for you. Great Texans all-access during bye week and we'll have more tomorrow. Oh, man, we've got so many great interviews with Texans players, coaches for you tomorrow when John Harris hosts the show. A reminder to Houston area teachers Toro's Math Drills is available to teach third and fourth graders how to tackle math in the classroom. Great program here presented by ConocoPhillips. So log on to HoustonTexans.com slash Toro's Math Drills to learn more about that. Well, like I said, listen tomorrow, six o'clock, Texans All Access. Check out all the podcasts wherever you're You find podcasts and on HoustonTexans.com and the Texans app as well. And watch the show's Texans Extra Points and Texans Buzz Saturday on ABC 13 after the news, which is after the college game. Have a great night, everyone. Enjoy Thursday night football and go Texans.